seated. Usually, when we talk about faith, most think we are talking about tangible or some kind of or money or something. But I want you to understand, saints, that God didn't give you faith to get rich. Now, he said that he became poor, that you might become rich, but he gave you faith to serve him. He gave you faith to stay healed. He gave you faith to love one another. He gave you faith to do what he has written in the Bible. Yes, if you want to use your faith in the area of monetary things, go head on. God don't have no problem with that. But he wants you to understand something, that the faith that he told you, that he dealt to you, the measure of is for him. Because if you want peace, you need Jesus, saints. God knows money won't bring you peace. Well, let me take that back. It'll give you a temporary sort or kind of peace, but it won't last, saints. People are going to still hate you and do you wrong, steal from you, and do everything they can to harm you because you are a child of God. And let's don't forget that. He is God. And if you live holy, you're going to suffer what? You're going to suffer persecution. God said that no man has ever given up house, mother, child, or car, or anything for his sake that you shall receive it with what? With persecution after you get to heaven. That's not all what he said, did he? He said, here now would you receive it and then eternal life. Boy, you can't get anything any better than that. But saints, the reason I want to preach on this is I want to stir up the faith that you have in you and get it strengthened. When God, there's a couple of things I'm going to say that I said this morning, but only about two, three minutes of it. But when God told Peter, I pray for you that your faith fail not. What was on Jesus' mind? Faith, Peter, you have enough faith, but you better get tested in some things so that you'll know you can have it to use. When that woman came up to Peter and said, wait a minute, you are a Galilean. You're not one of us. So you're with Jesus. Now, what was the thing that he told Jesus about two or three hours before that. Any, everybody will leave you. James, John, your brother, Matthew, Mark, Luke, all of them may leave you, but not I. I'm the one you can count on. How many people know that once you find out how big you are, that's when you can find out how small you are. And as soon as the woman said, yeah, you were with him. He didn't only deny Christ. He started cursing. What happened?
happened to the prayer that Jesus prayed for him? Didn't, is, does Jesus' prayers get answered? Because he is the answer. But when Peter ran up into this trial, what happened to the prayer that Jesus prayed? Nothing didn't happen to it. The prayer was prayed. The answer was there. But you just didn't receive it. Because he was too busy dealing with whom? Himself, saints. And if you got self in the front of God, you're going to find yourself not only suffering, but you're going to find yourself waiting on God and waiting on God and waiting on God and waiting on God. If you don't let God have the whole thing, he has to have it all, saints. And if you don't give it to him, you're the one that's going to do the most suffering. Now, when Jesus told those guys, his followers, he said, you got to drink my blood and eat my flesh. Now, you all know the Jews got beside themselves, don't you? And, 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 and therefore, if you're not ready to walk, didn't God say also in the 663, John 663, the Bible said, the spirit... How did that go? Go read 6-3. Yeah, my words, they are spirit and they are life. The flesh profit you nothing. Hold on, let's put some scriptures together. Galatians 5 and 6. Read that, brother, just so, so make sure it sounds right. You're John 6-6-3. Six, six, Verse 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth. That's it. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. All right, Galatians 5 and 6. You don't have to go over there. We're just going to quote it. Circumcision or uncircumcision profit you nothing. But what does profit? Faith that worketh by love. In other words, how does faith work? By love, saints. By love. Now, I know that um, we all been reading faith books and, and all the kind of stuff, but I'm going to tell you something. If you don't have no love, your faith is used the wrong way. Okay, case in point, sons of Sceva. They didn't know what love was. They didn't know what following Christ was. All they wanted to know about, all they knew about was the God that who was preaching that Paul was preaching. And when they tried to use their faith, think about it, the devil jumped out, the devil in that man strengthened that man enough to beat those guys to a pole. And not only beat them, but stripped them of their clothes and ran them out of town naked. That's why if you don't strengthen your faith, now, how do you strengthen your faith? Well, Pastor Wendy, I'll just get me some faith books and, and I'll just read and read and read and read. I'll get my, uh, the Google and I'll Google faith and I'll see how many times it's written in the Bible and I'll, I'll load myself up with at least 15 faith scriptures 
that I know that I can quote at any time. Let me explain something to you, saints of God. How many of y'all have heard me say this? Because I've changed it up a little bit. Faith that has not been tested can't be trusted. Let's change it a little bit. Faith that has not been tasted, tested. <laughs> you know, that, that sounds pretty good too. You got to taste this thing. But faith that has not been tested is dangerous. You don't know what might happen to you, like the sons of Sceva, like Simeon. Who, was a, any, who became one of the greatest men in God's disciples? Peter. He wasn't a dog. He wasn't a mess. But until he went through some tests, he won't worth a nickel to God. Now, I've asked you all this before, and God, Jesus had to go through these things to get to where he wanted to go. Who was the greater friend to Jesus? Judas? I mean, the greatest enemy or friend. Who was the greatest enemy or the greatest friend to Judas? Let's use friend to Jesus. Was it Judas or Peter, the greater friend? Everybody say Peter. If Peter would have been Jesus' greater friend, he'd have never went to the cross. Do you know that Jesus even called Judas his friend? Did you know that Jesus already knew that he was a devil? Good God, let's all let's get this thing in our heart this morning. He knew that Judas was the devil, but if you read scripture, you see what well, God said, he's my friend told Peter, you're a devil. If Peter had his way, that would have been corpse laying everywhere. And Jesus never would have got to the cross because everybody would have been scared to hate him. But Judas kissed him and gave him away. That was his friend. And that was because of whom? us, saints. All of that was done for our sake. Saints, faith without testing is dangerous. Y'all hear me? Okay. Now, we read a whole lot of word. We hear a whole lot of preaching. But you want to know what the word of God was designed for? God's word was designed to produce faith. Everything that God, saints, how many things in the Bible, when you read it, all you can do is shake your head because you can't understand it. You can't figure it out. God said, my way is not your way. I want you to turn in your Bible to Galatians 2, 20, Genesis 22. And I'm going to show you, see, God's word was designed to produce faith. Now, to produce faith and using faith, are they the same? New, 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 new. How many of you all know that you got a good job making seven figures but don't know how to handle your money? You still won't be able to pay your bills. 
So saints, just because reading the Bible is designed to produce faith, it takes all kind of things for you to learn how to use it. it say, I'm going to say some things and you don't like them. But well, well, yes, you will. But how many people know y'all got to get a pastor a little something to talk about? You know, he, he, he needs a little something that he can talk, you know, you know. So and don't get so mad when I say that. But you ain't going to like what I'm going to say. Don't get mad. Saying, you don't know what I'm going to like, buddy. <laughs> Just take it easy. Amen. Just don't get so upset so fast. But if you want to have faith where you can use it in the time of need, you're going to need to go through failure, hurt, pain, forgiving people that you don't want to forgive, and loving people that's completely, absolutely unlovable. All of that is what it takes. And I can name many, 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 many more that it take to get faith to where you can say, all right, I'm ready to walk by faith or Galatians 5, 7. I'm ready to walk by faith and not by sight. Saints, Romans 1, 17 said, it is evident that the just shall, must, no other way, Walk and live by faith. So, do we have enough faith? Okay, we got enough faith because God said he dealt to us enough, didn't he? Because he said, of course he said measure. But he dealt to us enough faith. But how many of you all that ran into situations where your faith just didn't click this time? How many of us ran into something where you didn't want to use no faith? I want to get even. Oh, Lord. I don't want to use faith. They did me wrong. My husband cheated on me. Nobody say you got to stay with him. The Bible says you can divorce that rascal. Well, my wife cheated. What about her? You can divorce her. Now, do you also have the choice to keep her? You also can make that choice that I can keep. But you do not have to stay with somebody that cheat on you, adultery and fornication. Or for adultery. Because the, didn't the Bible say it? I want to ask you all something. Did the Bible say this was something that you could leave each other for? All right, like it ain't in there. But this is why you need faith. You need faith to forgive somebody that hurt you like that. I mean, that's, I got to be one of the most hurtingest things in the world is for your husband or your wife to cheat on you. But you still have the choice of whether you want to stay with him. I've been married 59 years, and I love that woman. But I don't know what would happen if I caught her cheating, even as young as she is. <clears throat> I don't think, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be frank with you. I don't think I could stay in the same house with her if I knew. Now, do it, can I use my faith and stay there puffed up? 
Every time I see her, I don't see her, I see the man. There's so many wrong teachings about things, saints, because it's, it almost seems like God wants you to be some little dummy sitting around waiting to be hurt. God don't want you hurt. Now, he wants you to be able to love if there's a chance to be loved or to love. Y'all, like, like I'm saying something you ain't heard before. No, I, I'm not... Ain't nowhere in the Bible what God said. Now, it is in the Bible to say that if, uh, if your husband ain't doing right, I ain't say divorce, I mean uh, fornicating, but uh, if he ain't doing right, God said if he desire to stay with you, God said if you try to stay with him, he'll give you the power because a sanctified woman would sanctify the man. But I don't care how sanctified you are. You cheated on me, Turkey. One of us getting out of here. <laughs> now, whose choice was that? God's or mine? That's my choice. And I'm going to tell you right now, Sister Swinney, if you decide you want to act up, I'll jump on my motorcycle. I'll ride around the block, and I'll see if I want to forgive you. But I don't think that I can stay in the same house with Doc. I don't think that. As much faith as I want to try to use, there's faith, there's foolishness, and there's presumption. And I think that foolishness and presumption gonna be my choice because I don't think I can use that kind of faith. I don't think God has given us that kind of faith unless you choose to use it. What does that mean, Pastor Swinney? Meaning that nothing is impossible to them who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You can still stay there if you want to. Pastor Swinney, my husband cheated on me and I had been trying to hold on. Are you happy? Then hold on. But are you getting sick? Your blood pressure rising. You're swelling up. Your ankles look like a puffed up balloon. You're losing your eyesight. You're stretching your hair out. Wait a minute, say, hold on, see, I'm talking humanity. I'm not talking about something that you're trying to do that you can't do. I'm talking about humanity. Yes, we can use faith. And clear up at all, but are you able to do it? But God did give you the out. Get your bags and hit the road, Jack. That's what I would do. Because the Bible told me I could. Do what I want to do it. I don't know. I've been with that woman 59 years. Who said that? That's, that's my girlfriend. Who said that? Pam. You right, Deborah. It's written. It is written. Okay. We're going to leave that up to minister and his wife. 
So I'm getting off that part. But I wanted to throw it in there because a lot of times trying, people trying to use something that they don't have. And if you don't have the faith, you're only killing yourself. Especially when the Bible said that you could do it another way. So just try to stick with the Bible. Stay with the Bible and you won't have to worry about what man say. You don't have to worry about what the pastor say or nobody else say. Just stick with the word of God. And God, okay, all right. How many people know that you can forfeit your advantages in God. Y'all remember when Jesus was hung, uh, was about to be hung on the cross and, and Pilate kept saying, I don't find nothing wrong with the man. Well, look, there's a law in your uh, scrolls that says that in this time, if a man has been accused of something, you all can let loose a bad person and, and then crucify the other one. And they said, Barabbas or Jesus? They said, Barabbas! Do you see how many times they've seen Jesus work miracles, heal the sick, raise the dead, came for those kind of people. Jesus said he didn't come for the well. He came for the sick. And he said the Jews were the first fruit. Those are the ones that he said saved us, kept us going. So he came back. He was doing all these things, and these people looked right at it, but they couldn't get past Jesus saying he was the son of God. So what did they do with what God was getting ready to do? They forfeited it because of the devil. And the devil works with your mind, saints. He'll push you into a hole that you ain't never dreamed about. You're wondering how in the world did I get to this place? So they forfeited. There are advantages that they had. They had advantages because Jesus was getting ready to die for them. We don't want that. Let his blood be on us and our children. So they forfeited whatever advantages that Jesus was getting go to the cross for everybody. Saints, okay, good. Let's just read that. It sounds so good. It's in Matthew 27. 21. Uh, let's, not, let's not read that much. Matthew 27, 23. Saints, hey, hey, come on, saints. What did I tell you to be careful you not to what? Forfeit your advantages in, in Christ. Saints, you, okay. I'm just going to answer this. How many times have you forfeited something that you knew that God would bless you if you do it, but you didn't because of your attitude? Pastor, I just ain't ready to forgive. Just because you forgive somebody don't mean you got to go home with them. 
Don't mean you got to go and cook their dinner and wash their clothes. But God said, forgive. Well, Pastor Swinney, I'm going to forgive and forget. No, you can't. No, God gave you a computer mind. And your mind going to remember, I don't care. But you can get clear. You can be freed. And God will do that. That 23rd verse says what? And the governor said, why? Wait a minute. 21. The governor answered and said unto them, Whither of the twain will ye that I release unto you? Mm -hmm. They said, Barabbas. 22. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. 23. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. Verse 24. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather atonement was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. Hold on. Did that water clean him? Now look at this, saints. Here's a man that rule people, make the laws, and just a few people crying crucifying, and he talking about he can't do nothing because of the people. So what he's going to do? He's going to wash it off with some soap and water. No, he's just as guilty as the people because he had the power to make a decision here. So he forfeited his advantages. Now 25. Then answered all the people and said, his blood be on us and on our children. Matthew 6. No, John 6. Matthew 6? John 6. How many people know, saints, that God will not force you to fit in his plan. Well, Pastor Swinney, hold on, hold on. I, I, I think you got a mistake there. Well, tell me and I'll, I'll repent. Didn't he make Paul repent? Show me in the Bible where he made Paul repent and I'll repent. No, he did the same thing to Paul that he does to every one of us. That when we too should get a chance to become born again, God will put a blockage. When you're getting ready to sin, God will show you sin. When you're getting ready to hurt somebody, all of this, God will try to get you to see it. Because that's built in you. Saints, God put a little bit of himself in every one of you. And that you know right from wrong. And, and Paul at this time was so busy being what he was until he never could see anything. So God knocked him on his off his horse. But did God say from this moment forward, I'm going to make you serve me. Only thing he told Paul was you can't kick against the prick. So God didn't make Paul repent. 
So I'm going to make my statement again. God does not force anybody in here. See, this is why you can mess up so easy. God will not force you, listen, listen, to fit into his plan. Now, maybe God will do this. Change his plan to make it so you can fit in it. Amen? Y'all act like he will. Can anybody tell me a scripture? Can you? Can you? Can you tell me a scripture where God made a mistake and said, well, oh, I'm sorry. Let me try it another way. What about when his son said, Lord, if there be another way. No, God said, no, I sent you there to die for the people. But he said, nevertheless, of course, thank God for that. But don't you think that God is going to change his plan because his plan is perfect. His plan has, listen, listen, a route for you to take that give you joy. I didn't say it stop you from persecution. It won't stop you from the hurt. It won't even stop you from sickness. That's up to you. But God got a plan that'll take you to destiny without you having to work for it. God got a plan for that. He, but he will not make you follow his plan to prove or to love or to be in his face, in his presence. He won't, he won't, he won't, he will not go. I'll tell you to go John 6, 65. See, let me say it again so that you can see, see how this thing works. He will not force you to fit into his plan. Now, God said that we are to love people despite for how they treat you, didn't he? Now, will he force you to do that? Then you got a choice. Everything you do, the Bible keeps telling us if, 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 if. And if you will follow the ifs according to God's commandments, your life is going to be a thousand times better. I don't care how good it is right now. It's going to be a thousand times better if you stop trying to tell God how you want to run your life. In other words, saints, when you began to do it your way, you were telling God your way is not as good as my way. You're stepping on some shaky ground, saint. Oh, pastor, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> We've all done it so many times until it's frightening. But it's got to come to a minimum somewhere. The 65th verse says what? And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. Really? Nobody can come to Jesus except that it was given to you by the father. Now he made that road open for you, but you got to do the what? The coming. 
I stand at the door, but I'm not coming in unless you invite me. See, this is why, saints, I believe that the church, and when I say the church, you're talking about the people in the church, have not learned how to love one another the way that we should. And I think that's going to be my next series that I'm going to preach on. Because, saints, we're too busy loving everything but what God told us to love. Sorry to love your house, your car, and your mule, and your horse, and all that stuff. But God told you to love one another. Stop devouring one another. Treat people right. I don't care who they are, what they've done. We got to follow Christ. 66. From that time, uh -oh. many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. What was my quote? God will not force us. Lord, have mercy. My plan is, you can't come to my father unless you come by me. John 14, 6. And you heard what 66 just said, didn't you? Or do you want him to read it again? You've forgotten it already. Read 66 again. From that time, many of his disciples, they went back and walked no more with him. God will not. So God got on his knees and started begging, didn't he? What did he do? I think the next verse will tell you. 67. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, <laughs> will ye also go away? Did he say it? Or did he force them? Saints, that's the way life is. I ain't going to get back on the marriage thing, but you still have a choice as long as you follow Scripture. You have a choice as long as you follow Scripture. Those guys, and I like what Peter said next. Y'all know that, don't you? Where would we go? Thou hast the what? The word of life. All right. Brothers, you got me a little confused. All right, let me show you how you have to build faith. <laughs> you ain't going to like it. <laughs> First of all, if you intend to walk after Jesus, you need to count the cost. Because you preached about either brown or the night. He that puts his hand to the plow and look back is not even fit. Good God Almighty. What fit for what? Fit for what, saints? For the kingdom. You're not even fit. So if we are saved and if we intend to do what God wants, start counting the cost. All right, Pastor Swinney. What are some of the costs? I could go through a repertoire of words and everything, but I'm going to let the Bible do it. Ephesians 4. I'm going to let you see exactly what you got to do to produce, not produce, but to act 
on the faith that you already have in you. What do the Bible say in Romans 12 to everybody? God has dealt to every man. If you want to say it in your own words, what would you say? Enough faith. Now, can you add faith to yourself? No chance, say, I'm going to get that in your heart. Let me get that in your head right now. If God said he dealt to you enough faith, what do you need more faith for? Now it comes where you better use it. Of course, New York now here said exercise it. Well, you know how New Yorkers talk, exercise. <laughs> she got me, didn't she? She said, I ain't New York, I'm Maryland. But you married a foreigner. How many of y'all think that Mr. Thomas is from America? Ain't no way in the world America could produce a Thompson. <laughs> and I mean that with all goodness. I don't mean it to be, but, but uh, he's a fantastic guy. He is. He's a, I know how to get out of trouble. Pastor Sweeney, how can I build on my faith? Like I told you, you won't like it. It takes failure. Somebody talking about you and you still going home and pray. Somebody tell you how, well, I ain't going down there. <laughs> but they just be plain old ugly to you. And you got to go home or go wherever you go. Best thing to do is go find your quiet spot before you get behind your steering wheel all mad. That's why y'all see so much road rage. They're already mad at their wife because the wife didn't cook them no breakfast. And anybody just look at them, they're ready to go off. Of course, it's a little deeper than that. But you, you want to forgive somebody? Do it before you go around other people. Do it before you go to work. Do it before you get behind the steering wheel. Because you can easily be set off. I don't care how holy, holy, holy. You got to watch it, saints. Be careful. Because God knows there's an animal out there called the devil. That he don't even like his own self. He hate himself. So what do you think he do about you? Listen to me. And, and, and don't get mad. But I want you to just check things over the past, the last 20 years. Who did you serve the most, God or the devil? Let's don't say serve. Who did you obey? How many times have you know that you should have forgiven your wife or your husband for saying something they shouldn't have said? Your children for, how many, oh Jesus. Man, it done already reached down to grandchildren, down to great-grandchildren. It don't matter. They can put the hurt on you. But you got to forgive. You got to forgive. And if you don't do it, 
you're going to run into somebody else and you're going to make that thing, you're going to make that thing mess you up. So Pastor Sweeney, maybe you better tell me what I need to do. Because I, I tell you the truth, God knows, man, my family, my, my friend, they all treat me like dirt. Now let's get this thing straight. Why do people treat you like dirt? Now there are several reasons. And one of those reasons is you treat people like dirt. The Bible tells me you reap what you sow. Woo, I don't like that part. You reap what you sow. God is not mocked. Galatians 4, brother. Uh, I mean, Ephesians 4. Let's start it. Let's just use a couple of verses. 23. Verse 23. Well, we'll read several verses. Ver four, four, Ephesians 4, 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, church, that's the only way you're going to humble yourself. Humility is not going to come with your present state. Now, you might say, well, Pastor Sweeney, I'm saved, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized. <laughs> I don't care. If you haven't renewed your mind, humility isn't coming. And my Bible tells me, until you humble yourself, God can't do certain things in your life. Come on, somebody help me quote, what is it, James 5 and 6 or 1 Peter 4 and 6? He said, humble yourself under the mighty hands of God and then he, then he, then he, he's the one will exalt you in Lord, we need to say that. In due season. Pastor when is due season? When you straighten up and fly right. You walk on the wild side, the devil is waiting. He's waiting to take your hand. One night of praying and six nights of fun. The odds are against going to heaven six to one. <laughs> That's where we live. That's how we act. Well, I know, Pastor Sweeney, I know to do right. Well, then do it. The only way that you're going to strengthen your faith is first, you got to start with humility. Well, you know, I could have said pride because how many people know pride is the nastiest thing you can come up with? The wrong kind of pride, I mean. I'm proud to be saved. But what about the pride of life? That's the one you got to watch out for. Okay, then you got to become obedient. And the next one, you got to be submissive. Well, Pastor Randy, you could have went another route. I ain't submitting to nobody. Tell you that right now. I am not going to humble myself under no wicked people. Then you might well leave earth. Everybody got a little bit of wickedness in them. Even from your pastor down, you have to watch out. You have to keep yourself under at all times. God to mighty Jesus. 20, what did I tell you to start? Do 23 again. 
and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now let's listen to the rest of it. Verse 24. Now what was your question to me? Bazarine, how can I build my faith? How can I strengthen my faith? Uh, that's, well, build is all right, but how can I strengthen my faith? <laughs> Just remember, we all have what? Enough faith. Did Peter have enough faith to trust God even if he said, yeah, I know the man. Yeah, I'm one of the disciples. What you going to do about it? He had the faith. How many people know that was Peter's, Peter's M.O.? But this time, his faith failed. Why? He hadn't been tried in that area or anything like that. You, that's when you're going to do your worst failing, saints, is when you try to use your faith for something you don't have no idea how to do it. That's why God said failure, hurt, all of this stuff has to come upon you and you got to what now? Walk, throw through it. Nobody say you had to hold your head down. Let somebody go ahead and beat me. No. If somebody trying to put their hands on you, you got a right to defend yourself. Yeah. Okay. You just want, let's just try to get this thing right. 24. And that he put on the new man. God the mighty Jesus. Which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Read that in the NLT. You must display a new nature. Because you are a new person. Created in God's likeness. Righteous, holy, and true. How many steps do you have to do that? How many steps do you have to do to get what he just said. Why? Because scripture said, if any man be in Christ, that man is a new creature. When? Right then. Not three steps and four steps and eight steps. Right then. Now it said in Christ. It didn't say by Christ. But in Christ, you are now a new creature, and Lord, what are the next words? Old things have passed away. And I like what he said, behold, all things now are brand spanking new. Say, if you were to try, and all things are of God. Now, now, if you, now saints, that's big. Because right there, while you're trying to transform Everything not of God. You might quote it, but for everything to be of God, you're going to have to wait and find your place and be used by the devil. Nobody said he had to beat you, but you're going to have to be, if you want to produce, get your faith up to the level to where you can take cursing, Fussing, hurry, failure, and all of that, you're not going to get it because you're sucking an ice uh, lollipop. You're going to have to go through something. And until you go through it, I'm not talking about go in it. 
you got to go through it. And then when it come again, it's like drinking water. 24 again. Oh, no, no, we don't need to do 24. Go 25. Wherefore, putting away lying. Uh-oh, Lord. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. 26. Holy man, stop lying. How many people know that you can tell a lie faster than you can think of telling it? I heard somebody tell my wife, and he told me too. He said he told a lie so long until he actually started believing what he was lying about. I remember back when I, I used to lie about my motorcycle. And you know you get, get a nice, good, stiff shot up under your chest. I ain't going to tell y'all what I was drinking because I told y'all I wasn't going to do that no more. Because too many people start trying to drink and say, my God, pastor was right. <laughs> man, God got me for that. He did. God got me. He said, man, don't you never mention the liquor you used to drink no more. He said, don't never tell nobody. They said, because half of the church been drinking. And then said, ah. boy, pastor definitely was telling the truth. Let's try it again. Before you know it, you're going to be hooked. I know some of y'all laugh and say, Pastor, how do you know I was drinking? I, already, I, be, I knew it before you even took the first drink. Some of y'all still drinking. You still drinking? I know it. You know it and God know it. Well, Pastor, supposedly I can't quit smoking. Then you haven't used the faith that God has told you you could use it for. You got to use your faith somewhere. How do you know you're saved if you can't use your faith in nothing else? Because you're not saved because Jesus went to the cross. You are saved because you believe. Him that went to the cross. You're saved by what? Through and not that of yourself. It is the what of God. Good God, Lord, it's leaping time. Lord God, Steve, where are you? Bless God. My God, man, we've been playing church so long until we have almost forgotten how to be holy. We think holiness means, if you want to. But by my Bible told me that when you're trying to show everybody how holy you are, you're actually showing people just how stupid you are. What about the man that went up to pray? The one that said four words got his prayers answered. The man that was up there telling everybody how good he was. He ain't got nothing. Saints, use your faith to glorify God. I know that when we talk about faith, everybody talking about money. Okay, so money is involved in the equation, but that's not the culprit. Your faith is to learn how to treat one another, how to love where there is no love. 27. Do 26, yeah, again. 26. Be ye angry. Uh-oh. And sin not. Okay. 
Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Now, how many people have gotten that and so messed up till you, you almost can't get it straightened out? You just want to be mad. The Bible told me I could be angry. Yeah, but read the rest of it. You just can't grab the part that you want. You're just a mean something or another. Somebody need to bring you down a buttonhole, they used to say when I was a kid. My daddy had something hanging on the wall called a leather strap. He'd bring you down. Do 27, 26 again, NLT. And don't sin by letting anger gain control over you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Now, we all been knowing that scripture for how long? How many times you went to bed so mad you wouldn't even get in the bed with your husband or wife? You slept on the floor if you had to. You think you start praising, thank God I got a basement. Thank God we got three bedrooms and two of them is not being used. Oh, wait a minute, man. I don't care if you go to 40 bedrooms, you're still angry. And what did your God tell you? Don't do, it. Don't do it. Do you all see why we got to keep preaching on what to use your faith for? Because we're trying to use our faith to get Cadillacs and, and mansions and stuff that you ain't going to never get. Pastor Wayne, I, I, I think you need to change that. Okay. I'll change it. I pray that you do get your new Cadillac and your new Rolls Royce and all of that. But I pray to my God that you don't let them get you. Amen. Because there ain't nothing wrong with having Cadillacs and Rolls Royces and, and everything. Glory to God Almighty. I was reading an article the other day where I wanted to, you know him quite well, a minister, all you athletes, uh, sports people, y'all know him. And uh, I read where he said, He's single, and he bought an eight-room mansion with swimming pools, Olympic style, everything you can mention. And they asked him, man, you're single. Why would you buy a house that big? He said, I bought it to remind me of where I came from. Now, saints, that would be all right if that was going to help him. But you see how wrong you can be for doing what you think is right? So this is why God tried to put the pastor in the pulpit to try to help the people to know that everything that you do don't have to be right. <clears throat> sooner or later, sooner or later, we're going to have to heal, humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God so he can exhort you. How many people know there are some people in the church they will work and work and work, and if you don't never exalt them, they get upset and get angry at you. I've had people to roll their eyes at me because I didn't say nothing about them, and I said something about somebody else. I, you say, I'm telling, born again. Spirit-filled, <laughs> baptized, speaking in tongue, and just as mean, is, step, is a stepped on rattlesnake. 
We only got about three more minutes. And I guess y'all say, look, hurry up and get that over with. Because I'm telling you right now, Pastor Swinney, I can't do none of this stuff you're talking about. I know you can't. That's why we say the spirit is there for. You can't do none of this. Ain't no way in the world if someone beat my wife up, I got to pray for him on my own. That just ain't going to happen. I got to walk by faith. 28, 27, okay. Neither give place to the devil. Say that again. Neither give place to the devil. That the whole 27? Yep. Ain't 28? Let him that stole steal no more. Somebody say, ouch. Amen. But when I stole nothing, what about on your job? How many pencils on your job? How many rolls of paper? How many cups? How many things that was on your job, you got it hanging in your house? You're a thief. I don't care how small it is, saints. You're a thief and you need to know that I don't need to do that mess no more. Read 26, 27, and 28 NLT. 27. For anger gives a mighty strong foothold to the devil. God almighty Jesus. 28. If you are a thief, stop stealing. Begin using your hands for honest work. <laughs> <laughs> and then give generously to others in need. Oh, no kidding. So if you stole something, give it to somebody else. Or you take it back to where you got it from. Well, if I stole it, I'm going to keep it. What verse was that? 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Hold on. How many of y'all know you still got a curse word or two? Or an abusive word or two? Or a filthy word or two? How many of you all got filth in your eyes, but you don't let nobody know it? You still looking at that filth on television? Oh, well, I felt that one. Boy, somewhere you're going to have to do what God won't done. Amen. 29 again. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Say amen, outreach. Amen. This is all God is asking us. You got heaven made if you believe that Jesus is the son of God. Jesus, had, he cleared you. He have not even imputed sin upon you. When you mess up, God don't even see it. He see the blood. That's why you ought to repent and love Jesus Christ with every fiber in your being. He's the one that calls us to be free. Lord, God Almighty Jesus. Okay, we got about a minute. Verse 30. 30. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. Now that could be preached on for one million years. How do you bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit, saints? By the way you live. By the way you live, you act and talk. 
you know, cotton picking well. Some of you all use language. Hey, brother, you know, not cool. Hey, man, I thought you was a Christian. Oh, yeah, man, you know, I'm sorry, man, you know. But you ain't around Christian. What it is? My, my. Got your hands, and you know, you. Yeah, baby. Yeah, okay. How many Christian people, since you know so much about that, I say, how many of you all know that the devil know what a Christian is supposed to act like? So when you're trying to show that you can be just as relevant to the world as they are, yet calling yourself a Christian, they know better. And you ain't going to win nobody. And? And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit God, by mind. the way you live. I think I'm going to preach on that pretty soon. Go ahead. Remember, he is the one who has identified you as his own. Guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, and as well as all types of malicious behavior. 32. Listen, listen to 32, amen. And be kind to each other. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. I guess we got 15 seconds. Let's read one more scripture. Five, Matthew 5, 43, 44, 45, 46. Matthew 5, 43. And then we out of here. Verse 43. Ye have heard. You have heard. That it have been said. Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. How many people know many of us are doing that right now? Okay, so you don't hate your neighbor, but I wonder if you even know anything about your neighbor. Nobody's saying that you got to go and stick your poke nose in your neighbor because some of them will knock it off. <laughs> but I know my neighbors. Thank God they're all cops. <laughs> and, and, and all of them are not cops, are preachers. Well, I tell you, God give you, boy, God take care of you. The people behind me, people in the front are cops. People on the side are preachers. I said, like, go ahead, God, work your magic. Okay. Verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Love enemies? Love your enemies. That's not in the Bible. Love your enemies. My God, my God. Bless them that curse you. Bless them. Bless them that curse you. What? What's the name of this message? Then bless people that curse you. Don't bless them with your mouth. Bless them with your spirit. Then you'll learn what God is talking about. Okay, go ahead on, brother. Thank you, Sam. I needed that from my daughter. Bless them that curse you. Uh huh. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That's why... The Muslim called the Bible the white man's look, book. 
Yeah. Now you got so many Christians saying that's a white man's book. Those crazy people are so stupid, they don't realize that the one that wrote it got to live it too. Amen. And we got to go. Verse 45. So when you go take me out to dinner today, hurry up, bro. <laughs> that ye may be. Uh -huh. Oh, go. Ho -ho. And then we'll let him go. Go that, back one before that. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Uh -huh. Bless them that curse you. Yes. Do good to them that hate you. Yes. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Here's the hope. That, oh, that go ahead. ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Give God a praise. Here at the Outreach Christian Center, stand up on your feet for a minute. Glory to God Almighty.